Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Blog Talk USA. Are you tired of waiting for change? Tune into Blog Talk USA. Let your voice be heard on Blog Talk USA. Welcome, everyone, to Blog Talk USA. We are so happy to be here with you on this marvelous Monday. Before we get started, let me tell you how you can always find us and listen to our live programs and our archived episodes. You can always go to blogtalkusa.com. You can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash blogtalkusa, or you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Radio, or anywhere you can find podcasts. You can find Blog Talk USA podcasts and Marvelous Monday under that banner. So I see Arthur Fleming is on. Welcome. And Dr. Carr, welcome to you. Thank you. Good evening. Good evening. I hope everybody's well tonight. Great. Great. I'm well. And, pardon me? We're well. Good. Uh, Dr. McKellar is going to be on in about a half an hour. Um, so she wanted us to hold down the fort <laughs> until she comes back. So, Arthur, are you there? Yeah, yeah. I was telling Dr. Carr that uh, I'm thinking about changing the since she's been missing the last few times. We changed names again to the car to the Car Arthur Hour. How about that? Oh, <laughs> that's got a nice ring to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll deny saying it, but it has a nice ring to it. <laughs> that makes two of us. I'll deny you saying it at all. <laughs> uh, of course, Shreda might have. Yeah, of course, Shreda might have something to say about that. But anyway, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. Hey, but but anyway, how are everybody doing? Doing great. I am doing well. Doing great. I'm doing well. Yes, I'm doing well. So uh, excellent. Hey, 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 She's not here, you go ahead and give us an update on your campaign. How's it going? What you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I see your governor. I see your governor lost some weight. Well, <laughs> you know, our governor stays busy doing something, and most of the things that our governor stays busy doing uh, may not perhaps be most constructive for the constituency of her state. So I'll leave that where it is. Uh, as for the campaign, uh, I'm, I'm recalling some words of wisdom that was mentioned to me by a gentleman some, uh, maybe a year or so ago, who talked about abundance is a way of thinking. 
And, you know, I thought about that tonight before coming on, and I, I thought about that in reference to my belief is that, number one, the campaign is already having impact because I'm running into people who are referencing other people who have ideas and who have means, you know what I mean, uh, to assist in the effort. So I'm feeling something different now as opposed to what I felt on November 13th. On November 13th, I was curious as to whether I should. On November 14th, I was doing it, and now here late in January, I'm gaining some, I think, some mental wisdom and some fortitude. Uh, and I'd like to report 36 churches lately through the uh, Urban Coalition of my county, Eldorado Union County. Uh, I'm a part of the Urban Coalition. And now we have attached ourselves to a group of 36 ministers and pastors in our city to organize uh, voter registration because uh, 48% of the people in my district look like me. And uh, there's a 2.2% difference between uh, people who look like me and people who don't. And this data I'm looking at says to me that people under 24 are 24.8%. Therefore, the young, the campaign is suggesting tonight that the young must be prepared by prepared people who are us. And my, my piece of the puzzle moving forward falls, it looks like, on education, uh, and falls uh, secondly on mental health, uh, and then falls thirdly on economic empowerment. So the campaign is going to be seeking the wisdom of those on the program tonight to to foster more strength and to build the momentum so that we can move toward uh, November. And before we get too far along, I'm going to come back with two questions because I have two questions about things that candidates should do. I'm not sure about my timing. I'll come back to that question when Dr. McKellar comes on or, or maybe uh, Reverend comes on with us because he has experience in, in running for uh, political office as well, Reverend Cooper. So I'll come back mm-hmm. to that. But that's the status of the campaign so far. So good. Mm-hmm. How, how well, can people donate to your campaign? Do you have a website? Well, a website is under development even as we speak. Uh, my daughter just sent me two photographs of what that would be on the website. But you can find you can find the Facebook page now, and that Facebook page can be found at uh, Candidate Odell Carr, House of Representatives, District 97, Eldorado, Arkansas. So you can find that on the uh, Facebook page, and the website is being developed even now. Now, locally here in my city, if you wanted to donate to the campaign, we have a, a bank account set up here locally at one of our local institutions, the Simmons uh, National Bank, and they are prepared to and set for a receiving contributions from anyone who wants to contribute to the campaign. So we're building it slow and building right. it by day and gaining things as we go. So that was a very good question because uh, I had an answer for it. You know, had I not been prepared mm-hmm. and you asked that question, mm-hmm. then we would have been at a duh moment. But I, I'm, I think I thank you for the question, and we've done some good hard work to get ready uh, for donations. Now, the rules in Arkansas are, as I understand them, 
the rules in District 97 is if a person wants to contribute an amount of money up to $49, they can do that in cash or however, and there's no uh, accounting as to who they are, where they work, and where they live and like that. If the contribution, however, is $50 and more or more, it has to be by check or paper instrument, and the donor has to indicate uh, what his or her name is, what his or her address is, who his or her employee is, and the like. The maximum that anyone can contribute to a primary campaign in District 97 is $3,300, and you can do that again in November for the general uh, election. So that's kind of the structure, how we're set up here and what I'm working to organize to do. And uh, as you mentioned, Mr. Fleming, before, you talked about building a base of people, building support. That that groundswork is swelling now and more people being added. And so we'll have more to say about that later. But the campaign, in my view, uh, is moving forward uh, with expediency. And I believe that uh, we are already making a difference based on the things that we've done. And, again, I remind us all uh, that abundance in whatever it may be is just a way of thinking. I give it back to you. All right. Yeah. Are you give- that's awesome. Get back to Ree Ree. You got it, Ree. Oh, no, Ree I just think, I think, I'm like, I love the enthusiasm in your voice, and I love, um, I, I love what you said about abundance, too. I think um, Arkansas is really lucky to have you. We're all really lucky to have you. And I, I don't know. I always just kind of smell it in the air. Change is coming. <laughs> Arthur always says we're in a change moment. We get to decide how we move forward. And I, mm-hmm. I like uh, how you're moving forward. I'm very impressed and proud. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, maybe, again, like I said, hey, just, uh, yeah, just, think, yeah, just uh, you know, work, get your base and then expand out from your base. You know, okay, like, expand out. Okay. Like here in Texas, like when when we have folks running statewide, like we do now, uh, for some reason they want to go. They, they start off with trying to get people that ain't never voted for them to come vote for them, and mm-hmm. and it's work like probably work like this. If you if you come to me and you want me to vote for you, I want to know: Do you have a crew? or You don't have a crew. If you ain't got no mm-hmm. crew. Then, you know, I'm trying to figure out why you running. You know, who you with? Hmm. I'm saying you ain't with yes. nobody. That's why I say you have yeah. to go get your base, and then right. you expand from. You ain't got no base. You roll up on me. I'm going. Oh, okay. Well, make the opponent call your name, and then I'll get out. Then I come to you. <laughs> well said. Well said. Yes. You know. So. Absolutely. Uh, Man, that's really, man, that's really, that's that's some good stuff. Uh, how how Colin doing? Oh, he's just doing? awesome. <laughs> he's doing great. He's sitting he's here right great. now, actually being quiet. Yeah, I can't believe it. Oh, but he, now he's following me. Here we go. <laughs> Say hi. Say hi, everybody. Hello. How's that? Hey, how you doing? I'm good. All yes, right. that's Mercury. He's looking at his planet. He's a little scientist. Okay. <laughs> He's a big boy now. He's a big boy. 
He is. Good. He's working on it. <laughs> so, so how's the campaign? So, how's the, uh, uh, you know, it's January, it's just January. So, uh, what's it looking like out there on the camp, uh, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the national scene? Wait, wait, what it look like? I know you keep up with that. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> it's a show. <laughs> it's a show. I, I'll tell you what I'm yeah. just continue to be frustrated with is, and I hope this doesn't, I hope nobody out there makes the mistake of thinking that I'm just coming at this from a, what aboutism thing? I'm really not. But mm-hmm. the mainstream media has got to start doing better at some point. They do. Oh, they do. They I mean, it's just it's it's we insane did. to me how Donald Trump can stand there for four years, rob us blind, uh, you know, have love affairs with dictators, Nazis, and white supremacists unapologetically and then pretend like he didn't right in front of our faces. Tell us to, you know, swallow light, great therapy for something he, in a xenophobic, racist way, called a China virus, but that it also didn't mm-hmm. exist and it was fake. You know, all this stuff. And somehow... Joe Biden can have, you know, all these quote-unquote political victories that happen, but they find any right-wing talking point, whether it's real or not, and pick up on that instead of – I mean, Donald Trump would come out every day and tell us, oh, we're doing 6% GDP. wasn't true. You know, the economy's never been better. wasn't true. We couldn't get toilet paper for a year, you know. Um, he would just tell us these things, and they would just parrot whatever he would say. So I think Democrats, elected Democrats, need to get better, and the mainstream media needs to get better because I, somebody needs to be out there championing, 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 excuse me, uh, and rallying for him. Uh, for for wins that are political wins since we're here, you know in an election time, and the mainstream media needs to report on things that are actually happening. Because another thing that we need is legitimate criticism. There's lots to criticize Biden about, but we're never ever going to get back to a place where we talk about politics in a serious way, um, where we get out of this clown show that we're in where we're just talking about whatever it is that Donald Trump has made up that day. And and that's the narrative. We can't talk about legitimate issues and have legitimate um, pros and cons of a person who we're looking at to vote. If somebody doesn't get a hold of the narrative and put it somewhere in reality, I know that was a jumbled mess that I just said, but in my head, it makes sense. Like so, you know the, the uh, you know just like, you know, current, you know, current like, you know, like, okay, like they hollering about. Well, first of all, the news media they just making money, okay. That's their right, problem. right. They making, money, you know, and yeah. so that's why they're doing all that stuff right there. But what's ridiculous yeah. is that, is that, uh, you know, they've been playing this border issue for years. Now, yeah. I love this. Biden called a bluff. 
Okay, let's make a deal. Right. Now right. going. Trump said, I don't make no deal. I solve it later. <laughs> so now. Yeah, so never now, mind. But, <laughs> but now, never mind. So, so now, but, but now what they're trying to do is that gives, if, if Biden, then they need to go hard now and explain to people, hey, look, see, that's what we're talking about. Now you got the governor down here trying to play like he had, trying to have that, trying to have a showdown with the National Guard and all. I mean, we got, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy time. So I'm just saying that. Yeah. Uh, but the bottom line of it is uh, people are coming to more, more people, the independents may, are coming to realize that they don't want no more crazy town. Everybody's tired of crazy town. So we're going to see yeah. what's going to happen with crazy town. Yeah. Right. Well, okay, eventually real people's real problems that they really have to deal with every day, like their kids having asthma because, you know, regulations <laughs> right next to where they happen to live uh, have allowed, you know, more pollution or, you know, they can't get their kid into Head Start because their program got cut. You know, just, just these real issues that actual people have to actually deal with. When yeah. they meet Crazy Town and they hear that Crazy Town is talking about you know, males and females can't play sports together, and that's the big issue of the day, and we're going to ban some books, and that's the big issue of the day. You know, at oh. some point, they realize I can't – that's not – you're not giving me anything to vote for. A, voting for anger and outrage over stupid things only can take you so far. It can take us all the way to crazy town because we're here, but it, it can't go much further than just crazy town. At some point, people have to, you know – Want to vote hey, for something? Hey, 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 you mentioned banning books. Now, I don't show you. You know, later on tonight we're going to have a uh, one of the uh, Carl Sherman from the stand who's running for Senate. Uh, we're going to have him on the show. What I'm saying. Now, now he's mm-hmm. a representative. One of the one of the twelve Democrats that voted with Abinam for that book banning bill that they did. Now. Oh. Yeah, uh huh, yeah. So, 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 so now, because you mean, sure, you, 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 you know, it, 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 he's up here in this area here. So, mm-hmm. so I might have to, so I might have to, uh, Rihanna, you, you and Dr. Carr, just, you know, you know, y'all might have to ask him why he banned them books, unless y'all want me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, you know, here I am, I, I I'm a, I'm an African American face. Who has written an African American book for African Americans oh, and yeah. all Americans? And now here oh, I am on the show. I don't know how the show could go its duration tonight without the question coming up. Now, whoever right. brings it up, I'm good with it. But if you don't, I am because I want to mm-hmm. know why. I want to know the oh, answer yeah. to the question why. Yeah, yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're an author. So see, if I would ask, if I ask, it's going to be political. Of course, he's running mm-hmm. for office, but but I'd rather if you yeah yes yeah, since you're an author, a black author, yeah, you could ask him from that perspective. I think yeah. that would I mean, yeah. yeah, from the perspective yeah. of having written a book as a black yeah. man to the problems of black people, I'd be interested to know why we are not moving in the same direction when it comes to you know book banning because in right. Arkansas it's a mess and uh, we're. We're 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 working to avert a disaster, which may be impending yeah. if we don't. At least some of us stand up and you know, Fannie Lou Hamer was right. She said that you know, as and I'm a pastor. You can pray, she said, until you faint. But if yep. you don't get up and try to do something, God is not going to put it in your lap. The woman was correct, 
And so yes. I think we have to embrace what she said and, and march to the battlefield with that in our minds. Yeah, we got to mm-hmm. fix what's broken because, as you said, Rihanna, there's plenty that's broken on both ends, yeah. the right and the yeah. left. But it takes yeah. people who are S-A-N-E, you know, not necessarily the S-A-M-E, but S-A-N-E. If we can mm-hmm. get sane people, you know, functioning, then there's, there's a chance for us to re- redirect this thing. We are a... Right. We are in a we're in a crucial. I mean, it's near. I almost feel like it's a type of war between the parties. Everything is so yeah. personal with everyone. The the yeah. process, the politics, the the arguments for legislation seem to be just something on the side. But the uh-huh. the bigger thing no. that's projected by the mass media seems to be the people. So you're making mm-hmm. heroes and you're making goats, you're making villains and you and you're making saviors and all that kind of thing. And you're all exactly right. We we're in a we're in a haze here that I think we're trying to trying to figure our way out of. And I believe we can. Because we're doing yeah. it tonight. And Arthur Fleming told me about a year ago. He said that, you know what, Doc, it's abundance is just a way of thinking. And that's mm-hmm. that, that stuck with me. It's here tonight. It's still alive. Yeah. Because we're discussing yeah. it and sharing it. Yeah. Now I wonder Absolutely. about the mass media. Can you spell Rupert Murdoch when it comes to mass media? Can you spell <laughs> Rupert Murdoch? And then I wonder when it comes to why is things so bottom up us as we call it here in the South, can you spell lobbyist? I mean who's right. writing checks to who and getting what right. results sitting on the hill. Now I'm there's myself and another African American <laughs> minister they're both running for House seats. There are 100 up there, 82 are Republican, 18 are Democratic, and we would be, I believe, the first two in this era moving to that destination. What power could we learn and gain and bring back to our community just by being there, just by being there? Right. So what I'm saying is just our presence on this program tonight we are all, someone reminded me today, we're just like dots on a sheet of paper, all yeah. connected together. And if we yeah. think the way we should and, and mobilize and educate, I don't see anything that can prevent the future from turning out the way it should, and it will. I just think we have to keep doing what we're doing. And I would personally like to know that more people are, could be invited to the program to hear what we're discussing and to weigh in on some of these issues so that we can gain and some insight from those who may be as aware or maybe more aware in certain areas uh, than we are. So I'm, I hope that there's a, a hefty audience. I believe that there is. I'd like to mm-hmm. hear more from people However, when they do uh, connect into the program, I like to hear people talk about what their ideas are, how they see the world yeah. that we live in. You know, I'm, I'm just curious and interested in that. But I'm very happy to be Absolutely. on the program because now I've grown to be a much broader and taller guy. I'm only 5'11", but I'm about 6'9", <laughs> in information. Partly <laughs> through to this program. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, we will stretch out. Yeah, you did it. 
<laughs> you did it. Yeah, we had a penthouse, so hey. But, uh, but hey, like I say, I'm excited about the year coming up. Yeah, it's going to be some, as, as May West say, it's going to be a bumpy ride. But, oh, yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. got to just say, just hold on. Yes. I agree. So long. It's going to be all right. It's always it's bumpy. Going... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always bumpy. We're always going uphill, <laughs> but we get a little bit closer each time. And yeah. in times like this, we really move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems like, and you know, the people, and I know people are always waking up too, but there's just something, I go back to this, there is something about these people taking us all the way to crazy town that <laughs> has people waking up in a way, because it's so real. I mean, we we just went went through, we're still going through you know, the, this whole pandemic and the mishandling of a pandemic when a very capable, professional, honorable administration had put together a comprehensive pandemic response just before that, you know, and just we really saw something going from a a, a good and ethical and honorable presidential administration to crazy town, you know, to the not even mediocre, just barrel of thieves and, and crazies um, who were responsible for nothing, um, literally just ignored things that were important to, to real people. And real people died because of it and were hurt because of it, were deported because of it. You know, we're, we're lost homes and, and, you know, livelihoods and all kinds of things because of the irresponsibility of the, the presidency that followed. But we know that that presidency was in response to the previous presidency in a horrific way. But I really believe that in response to that response, I do think that people are waking up in a way that is so meaningful now because – Things that people took for granted during the pandemic lockdown, people were watching the news. People were watching the political process. People were watching the impeachment. People who had never paid attention to things like this before. You know, like I said earlier about the toilet paper, when you can't buy toilet paper and you've never watched the news before, you might turn on the news. <laughs> you might wonder what's happening. And so I think real, really people have seen the very real ways that politics affects everything and matters a lot. And we're seeing that in the voting numbers that, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're getting record election turnouts in off, you know, year elections. And I just think that the people are waking up in ways that are beneficial to us who would like to live in reality. And that's helpful. Well, the communication, the communication age uh, has met. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now, all that stuff yeah. gets exposed. It used to be, you know, cause, like I grew up when the communications in America, they could like have a, just like doing a civil rights movement here, here in Texas, we find out stuff that happened, you know, we find it out sometime a week later. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a, like, a new blackout on us down here. And so they and mm-hmm. so they had that ability. Now, 
in the information age, they can't do that. And see, here's the right. thing. Their power is in, is in fear. And if yes, they can't exactly. take people's fear, then they can't do what they do. All these wars is about, folks say, I'll tell somebody about that. They say, well, they say, well, you know, what they used to do is start a war. I said, they did start, I said, Ukraine. And I said, but you you even call it World War Three. You know, I kept telling you I, that, that wasn't World War Three. But anyway, they go, oh, World War Three. No, that, that was a fear thing. Okay, that didn't work. Mm-hmm. So now we got one and we got one over here. Now we got two. Now they're doing, you know, trying to do the fear thing again. Fear, fear, fear. Yeah. Hey, no, we ain't doing that. Okay, you scared, so give me your right. Give me your, you know what I'm saying? It makes you yeah. scared and take, you know what I'm saying? Right. People need to wait for that and understand that that's the program that they run. Mm-hmm. It's, that it, it's just like the Wizard of Oz. Uh, it's a little man behind the curtain. Yeah, running the program. With a big old microphone. With a big old microphone. Doing all right. that. Right. And the whole thing is... Oh, and then when, remember when the little Toto, when the little dog pulled the curtain on him and found out who he was, then he mm-hmm. rings out, pay no attention to that man you see behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, so, so I'm just saying that to you, you know, but that's kind of the process that we're in. Uh, again, you know, their whole thing, their whole control is about fear. You know, you know, keep you against me, me against you, uh, that mm-hmm. country against that country. When you when you stop and look at it, uh, all they do is run around and start wars. Look here, we we, we gave the Pentagon almost nine hundred billion dollars this year. They go they hit toward three dollars a year. For what? And then they did a had them do an audit, and they can't even account for half the darn money they they've been spending. Right. And then you gave another nine hundred billion. So that's game. And so when we and our community say we need economic development, we need a Marshall Plan, we need help. Oh no, we ain't got time. For, we need rep- we ain't got time for no, no, we ain't got money for that. But you got money for that, right? You know, always. And we run countries, and so to justify it, the folks that make the money off of it. Now I work in defense, thing, so I'm just saying the folks that so so they do it and justify it. They have to go get a war going somewhere. They got to keep. They make money off of strife. They make money off of people being afraid. They make money off of debt. This is what they do. And, you know, we need to wake up to that and say, hey, y'all, we don't want our money spent like that. We don't want our money spent like that. So I'm mm-hmm. saying, you know, you know, why don't we spend it on, you know, education and, you know, uh, uh, you know, clean up the earth, right? You know, clean it up. Yeah. You, know, so, you know, get some, get some, you know, the biggest thing right now is that the power is entrenched in the old, uh, all economy and a new economy, you know that, that that we're trying that we're trying to bring in the old oil economy. They trying to hold on to what they got, so it's, that's really what's going on. You know, they went to well, whether that they I think they went to Davos or Davos somewhere where they had that yeah you know that global rich people meeting and then yeah mm-hmm. Davos. Mm-hmm. I, Jamie Diamond come out come out. Well, yeah. mm-hmm. well, you know. You know, I think Trump's gonna. You know, I think Trump's gonna win. <laughs> oh, God. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, we don't like what he said, you know, but I like his policies. Yeah. Wait a minute. His, yeah. His policies is yeah. racist, but you like his. You don't like what he said, yeah. but you like his policies. Mm-hmm. So you like right. it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, mm-hmm. 
what's going on. And so, you know, they, they gathered, and what they said to them, they said, well, how do we stop this, y'all? How do we stop it? Because people don't seem to be scared like they used to. How are we going to stop this? And, right. I hope, and I think somebody told them, you can't stop it. Hmm. Can't stop it. Uh-uh. Because, see, like, 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 uh, like uh, 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 Scott Harris said, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will, the revolution will not be televised. Absolutely. Absolutely. Revolution is going to take place in your mind. Yeah. yeah. See, they can't, and see, they can't do nothing about that. In your right. mind. That's why I say, yeah. And that's why I tell them, I said, look, all you need to do, you ain't got to slap nobody. You ain't got to go march nowhere. But just change your way of thinking. You know mm. what I'm saying? If, you, <laughs> if, you, if you're in a supremacist system and you think, well, you know, I need, you know, I need white supremacists to live my life. No, you don't. No, you don't. No. <laughs> no, you can live a perfectly good life without them. And that's what yep. they don't want you to. What they don't. They don't want you to know that that you're the one that's providing the life. You're it. You the money. Yep. And so yep. I know your money. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. And so I know, why. I know what's in it. Yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. So you know you, hey. You know. Spend yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't let nobody. Absolutely. You. you know what I'm saying? You know. So Absolutely. basically, you know. So that's, that's what they want, and they don't want you to know that. Uh, Dr. Carr, they don't want to know that. They don't want you to know that you are abundant. Absolutely, mm-hmm. your own right. Yeah, yeah. So hey, does the average yeah. American believe that uh, we are starting wars everywhere? Does the average American understand how the United States? Does the average American understand the relationship between the United States and Israel as our ally? Yet Israel is bombing folks who are boxed in. On the sea. Right. Does the average American really understand what they are hearing when the mass media says uh, our ally Israel, and then come it comes Netanyahu with all his jargon? <laughs> Do we really know who we? Is this the Pied Piper? Do we really know who I'm, we're listening to? I'm just trying to figure out what are we getting for that. I mean, look here. Israel is a military installation. Yes. Full stop. It's not a, it's not a religious state. It's a military right. colonial uh, mm-hmm. state. Is what it is. Hmm. Right. That's pretty heavy. And that should that yeah. should be heard around the world. It's what you just said ought to be heard by about three hundred million people. You know, mm-hmm. many know what you say is true. But there are so many who, if they were to hear that, they go, you know what? There's something to that. And that's why I think real thinking, as Joe Madison says, critical thinking begins to take place when people hear the right message. Rihanna, they're hearing a message, but it's a crazy message, as you're describing. Yeah. It's a show. Yes. It, it's, it's a sad show. Right. Americans are so uh, uh, geopolitically unlearned. You remember what Bush said? He said, look, he said, we're going to take care of this. He said, y'all just go shopping. That's what he said. He said, y'all just go shopping. <laughs> yeah. Go to the mall. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. That's what he said. Yeah. Wow. Yes, he did. Well, and, you know, the, the, so many people fall for the bumper stickers, just the, 
the tagline or the um, right. the false dichotomy. Right. It's so right. easy to just say, oh, well, that's anti-Semitic. You can't say that if you say yeah, you anything say yeah. Be, yeah. at all. You can't all. say that. Right. <laughs> no, you no. Lose yeah. You million-dollar contract, you know. You, you lose mm-hmm. everything. Right. And, you know, yeah. so they, they make it easy for, for their voters. They 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 want – People feel better the less they know about bad things, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Republicans have really tapped well into that well and, said. you know, have have come up with a way, and I call it the bumper sticker or the tagline. It's just mm-hmm. – it's it's easy to, to just say something catchy and sweet and have you make a false <laughs> choice in your mind or pick a tribe, yeah. and, yeah. you know, that's right. what we have to – Get beyond. If it takes somebody more than two or three sentences to explain something, Republicans have found that you lose somebody's attention span real quick. <laughs> somebody who's mm-hmm. willing to sit there and listen to you. So you got to keep mm-hmm. it short and easy and sweet. And a lot of lies can be packed into a speech that's full of taglines. Amen. And and I wanted to let I wanted to let you all know, Dr. McKellar's on. Welcome, Dr. McKellar. Hey, Doc, thank you. you thank you. Good evening, everybody. I'm just evening, enjoying the conversation. How are you? Each of you. Happy Monday. It's always Monday. great to be right back here. Right back here every Monday. I'm sorry, what was that, Miss Rihanna? Oh, I said happy Monday. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's a great Monday. So, guys, if I can jump in and, and, and uh, jump right in here, I, I do have that special guest that I mentioned that was coming on tonight, but I wanted to let everybody know, Dr. Hackney, we continue to pray for his healing and that he'll feel mm-hmm. better very soon. Just send out the message that he still would not be on with us tonight. So okay. um, if there's any report of anything uh, from him, and I did forget to ask him if he wanted me to report anything tonight but we do know that uh, he's still healing and uh, but he came through his surgery just fine and we just look forward to him coming back and joining this great and amazing team uh, every Monday night well as we know we're getting into some season of election but we're going to talk about that later on because we do have uh, the uh, congressman well strike that our Texas state representative Carl Sherman that's going to come on at nine o'clock so I'm going to go right ahead and introduce you guys to an amazing young lady. Um, I've been knowing her for a lot of years. She is uh, outstanding in this country. And so I'm just going to allow her to introduce herself. Uh, I'm not going to steal her thunder and, and tell you all the great and the amazing things that she is doing uh, in our country. And I have been able to tag along with her. So, uh, Ms. Belinda Stanton, are you there? Press one if you're there. We have a couple of numbers press, on. Yes, press press one, Miss Belinda, because she is on. I I do know she's on. Press one, and so we'll put you in the queue, and we'll be able to talk to you, and so you can talk to this amazing team there tonight. There we go. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yes, we ma'am. can. Good evening. How are you? I'm wonderful. How are all of you all this evening? Quite well. Oh, great. Quite well. Yes, and thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Melinda. I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself, tell us a couple of things, uh, some amazing things that you've done in our country and how I've been able to tag along with you. I think Brianna may recognize your name, but go ahead and and get started. Mm -hmm. Then then we'll start interviewing you and talk about some more things. 
Go ahead. Well, well, good evening to all of you and to all the listeners. I am Verlinda Stanton. I'm a noted singer and actress. And um, a year ago, almost a year ago, February the 22nd will be, I launched a new nonprofit um, called Overcomers for Life. And Overcomers for Life uh, raises health awareness on mental health and HIV AIDS. Our vision is to be a lifeline that connects people uh, with healthcare professionals, doctors, counselors, educators, and most of all, um, offer some community support to get to break the stigma and get the conversation going and educate the people. Now, I uh, had a wonderful opportunity back in 2011 to get invited to the White House to sing for President Barack Obama, and. Um, Dr. Shirley McKellar escorted me there uh, to the White House. She accompanied me and assisted me uh, with getting to the White House. So we had a wonderful and amazing time. It was a a great experience, and it was something that, um, you know, they say life and, and death is in the power of the tongue. What we speak, we shall have. And I have for several years Inspire, aspire to uh, sing at the White House during their Christmas event. And during uh, the year of 2011, uh, God was showing me that was going to happen, and it came into fruition in October of uh, 2011. I got the invite to sing for their Christmas open house. So God has been truly amazing, and I've had a wonderful jo- journey along my career. But there was also been a lot of hurt, joy, and pain, you know, just, just a lot going on. And I have uh, a year ago decided to turn a new, new life chapter in my life and start Overcomers because um, I'm diagnosed nearly 30 years. June will be 30 years that I've been diagnosed with HIV. And it, it's been a it's been a rough journey. It's been an uphill battle, as they say, up and down. But we know storms are only temporary. And I am here to make an impact. I'm here to influence. I'm here to inspire those who have been not only diagnosed with HIV or AIDS, but any other terminal illnesses that they're not able or having trouble. Uh, coping with. So I am wanting to join forces with other organizations because, you know, one person cannot do it all, but if we all come together as one unit, we can help the multitude of people. And I know that's my purpose that God placed me here is to help the people. And I appreciate being here on tonight, being able to share that with you all. Outstanding. So also let them mm-hmm. know about your musical that you participated in. And I believe Miss Rihanna knows about you, Miss um, <laughs> yes. Belinda. Uh, so I'm sure yes. she would recognize your name and she would remember when we were at the White House. But go ahead and, um, and, and give yes. us more about your musical and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more okay. about your brand new uh, corporation that you formed. And I say congratulations for all the great work that you're doing. It is most needed in HIV yes, mental health. But tell us Absolutely. more about your singing. Well, well, um, I am originally from Tyler, uh, raised out on Highway 14 in the community called Shady Grove. And I was a member of the Shady Grove Community Baptist Church. And uh, that's where my singing began. And throughout my years of school and, you know, moving off and into my acting career, I was able um, to land one of my uh, famous Broadway shows, which was the musical The Color Purple. 
So I actually got cast, and I toured with the Broadway production of The Color Purple, and I played the role of uh, one of the gossiping church ladies, Church Lady Darlene, and also Sugar Avery's understudy. So it was an amazing opportunity. Another thing, as I say, we speak what we shall have, and that was something that I had spoken to existence. And so, you know, I not only believe and have faith in God, but I walk in my faith. And um, I've also been able to work overseas with Disney in several productions, The Lion King, Hercules, The Musical, Toy Story, and other numerous um, uh, musicals as well. And God has just been truly amazing and a blessing to me. Um, Music was my first passion. And now, you know, this organization has now become my next passion. But um, I'm also a best-selling author. And um, a book title sold out. I did a book anthology with several other authors, Cheryl Pallot Williamson, and it was Amazon bestseller in three different categories. And my chapter was titled Being Kept by Faith While Beating the Odds. And I talk about how God assisted me and helped me overcome all of the different storms and tragedies that came my way, you know, no matter what it was I was diagnosed with or no matter the different challenges that I faced in my journey, God helped me overcome them all. And that's how um, we came up with Overcomers for Life, a nonprofit organization, because we're all overcomers. Storms are only temporary. But um, And then I (laughs) I also produced my first gospel CD titled The Best is Yet to Come, um, back in 2013, where it also um, has some of the three songs from the gospel, well, from the play, uh, The Color Purple, where I was given permission to re-record a few. And one was titled The Color Purple, The Color Purple Reprise, I'm Here, and God is Trying to Tell You Something. And my version of God is Trying to Tell You Something was um, picked up by 20th Century Fox and ABC uh, for a sitcom titled Fresh Off the Boat, where my song was chosen and um, played in one of the scenes of the the, uh, actual show, which was a big popular hit. So God has been truly amazing and, you know, just raising the bar, you know, and just helping me elevate everything in my life. And I'm just here to show that no matter what you're going through in life, no matter what challenges come your way, if you have a dream, believe it, receive it, claim it, walk in it, and God will will help it come to pass. All you have to do is trust and believe. Thank you. Outstanding, outstanding, outstanding beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and Dr. Dr. Odell Carr, who is one of our co-hosts, has also written a book, uh, Miss Villinda, so um, he's excited, I know, to hear about the uh, your being an author and the books that you've written. So, uh, so we just appreciate all of the things, all the beautiful things that you're doing in our community. And so we want to know more about Overcomers for Life. As you mentioned, everybody has overcome or is overcoming or is mm-hmm. in one, we get out of one valley uh, and then we get up the hill, then the next thing we know it may be another valley. So, uh, so your work not only helps people who have been diagnosed with HIV AIDS, but also mental health and any yes. other terminal illnesses that people endure with. So yes. tell us about the uh, program that you're, pre- you're preparing for, and uh, we want to make sure that we here on uh, Marvelous Monday 
support you in all these beautiful endeavors that you're working toward because if we we know somebody somewhere who has been uh, affected by HIV AIDS and mental illness and we talk about it a lot on this show and all kinds of other illnesses that people endure so uh, talk to us a little bit about the program that you're getting ready to put on uh, to raise funding for HIV AIDS in the city of Tyler, Texas and I'm so proud uh, to know you and I'm so proud to say that you are a Tyler right and you have represented us well across this, across, not just across (laughs) the nation, but across the world. But go ahead. Yes. Thank you. Yes. um, I'm planning in um, June of this year to um, host a health and wellness expo, uh, raising health awareness on mental health, HIV, and AIDS. And I really, really need the community support. I need the community support. It doesn't matter if if you don't have HIV. It doesn't matter if you're not going through mental health. But I will tell you this. Everyone goes through some type of challenge with mental health. It may be small. It may be big. It may be something you don't even think it is. But we all have some type of challenge in our lives or have had in our lives where we can be there and support others, and this is what I need. We as a community, we say we're a community, so let's show up and show out as a community and be a part of of this event that's coming forth. Now, I will also, um, this will be a health and wellness expo, and I am planning uh, with all of your support to also have a banquet on that same evening. And in order to do all of that, we will have vendor spots available. It doesn't matter if you're in the medical field. It doesn't matter if you have your own beauty supply business or your own tech support business. We want you to come out, get a vendor's table, and and we want to support each other. But we also want to be there so that you can get well-educated on what is HIV, what is AIDS, what's the difference, what is how far have we come since the early 80s? There's all types of medicine out there, and it's no more a death sentence as we used to say back in the early 80s. Oh, that's a death sentence. But now the doctors and the scientists and, and, and people who have been researching this virus has now come up with, with medication that can help us live longevity lives, you know. So I need you to come out. I need you to come and support whether it be financially, whether it be volunteering, we need your support. I need your support. And as a community, I'm, I'm here for the people, and I'm hoping Great. that you will be too. Outstanding. Well, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm there for you 100%. I know that the gentlemen may have some questions that they would like to ask, and I know Ms. Rihanna yes. wants to hear a couple of bars of one of your songs before you leave <laughs> off the air tonight. But uh, but it's been an amazing journey for me to stand with mm-hmm. you and, and travel with you and see all the great work that you have done. And now I'm going to call you that Phoenix bird because it, it, this was all brand new for me to hear and then to see how you're stepping up and stepping out and being able to work with those in our communities because we all know somebody somewhere who's been touched mm-hmm. with some type of disease process, whether it's AIDS or whether it's whatever. Uh, we know that people have been touched by that. Doctor, uh, I'm going to start with you, Dr. Carr, if you have any questions or comments for Ms. Belinda Stanton. Let me first say thank you uh, for your work. I left 
uh, my chair and ran out to get my wife to bring her back to hear you speak because she and some friends recently went out to see the uh, color purple and they enjoyed <laughs> it immensely. But I had no clue that one of the major players in that event <laughs> sung for President Obama at the <laughs> White House. I had no clue that you were a best-selling author. Had no clue that you were from the part of the world that you're from. Had no clue that your <laughs> diagnosis would be a part of your discussion. Had no clue that you talk about mountains and valleys in your life. Had no clue of these things. So it's a it's a pleasure and it's a privilege. And to me, as an author, uh, it to me promotes that something in me that says mm-hmm. keep going because yes. tomorrow is coming to meet you, but you got to move today to meet tomorrow yes. that's coming to oh, meet you. So I'm, I'm thrilled that's to meet beautiful. you, and I, I wish you the best. I want to hear more about the exact location, date, and time of the event that you're planning in June, just in the event that my campaign allows me to get out there. Not <clears throat> certainly like to come to visit you because the second plank uh, of my campaign is uh, mental health. That That's the yeah. second thing that I want District 97 citizens to become more aware of, and what you're saying could strengthen uh, my presentation. So I want to know when you're meeting, where you're meeting, and what the details are uh, prior to the, the onset of the month of June. And, yes. and, and um, Dr. Carr, I, I, you, just a second, Dr. Carr, if you would tell her where you located, because she does not know that. So let her know where you're located and where, what you're I'm, running for and your district. Oh, I, I'm located in uh, South Arkansas in a town called El Dorado, uh, mm-hmm. and I am a can't be a Democratic candidate for the Arkansas House of Representatives for my district, which is District 97, which is comprised awesome. of about 17,000 people whom 48% of look like me, uh, uh-huh. and we are engaged now in a campaign for voter registration, voter education, and voter mm-hmm. mobilization. So you will be an immense help to us in this area just for people in this area to know who you are and what work you have done and what work you are doing. It will help in many ways. So I'm anxious to you know, hear more from you and hear more about you because I think what you're doing is really needful in the community at large. Yes, absolutely. And I'm willing to travel. So if you need a speaker, someone to come out and support you uh, during your campaigning or, or just another different event that you may be um, supporting, I'm also available for that. But I, I congratulate you and support you with, with your um, campaigning. And, you. you know, and I thank you for those kind words. Um, it, uh, as I said earlier, it's just truly been, been a blessing that, you know, God chose me. You know, a lot of times we wonder why, why me? You know, because I did ask why me. But when I look back over my life at my upbringing and at how I was reared, how I, I was raised, and God prepared me for this, you know, the word says he won't give you no more than you can bear. So he knew how strong I was that I was able to handle this. And that's where my mindset, you, also, you, always, you have to change your mindset. You can't stay stuck in one place. 
And as you grow, you you develop different habits, you develop different knowledge and wisdom, and that's what I've gained uh, throughout my uh, my journey, my life journey. And you know, I just thank God for the preparation that I had prior to my diagnosis. Okay, very good. Thank you, uh, Miss Rihanna. Comments from you? Well, I did. I did want to say um, that. First of all, it's just an honor and a privilege to finally be on the radio with you. I've heard so much about you uh, over the years. But even not hearing or knowing anything about you, I would just have to say, and I don't say this because I think our audience is unaware or or anything like that. We have a a well-educated audience, but our demographics have crept to younger and younger ages as of late. And so... Mm -hmm. For anyone out there who doesn't quite maybe fully grasp the magnitude of this, to be diagnosed 30 years ago uh, in 1994, I'm guessing, um, as a black woman, not just a woman, but as a black woman, it, it really people were saying with honesty in a way that it could be a death sentence or was a death sentence. Yes, um, and it, it because the rates were I just copied and pasted this in 1994 the death rate from HIV infection per 100,000 population among persons aged 25 to 44 was almost four times as high for men mm-hmm. as for white men and nine times as high for black women as for white women. So you're you're a force of nature. You're a pioneer. Um, You have literally been through the most significant peaks and valleys of HIV and mental health, (laughs) you know? I mean, truly, the work that that you've done, the things that you have seen, the things you have been through, and the, the, the work that you're doing now to fight the stigma and to make people aware, I hope that our audience can grasp what a huge, huge deal this is because this isn't just mm-hmm. a project for you. This is your life, and I am Absolutely. I have such respect for you, and I'm so proud of everything that you're doing, and I thank you for it. Well, thank Beautiful. you, and, and I, you know, I will just say that, you know, oh, my God, the values and principles that I've practiced along my journey, you know, it, it has not been easy. And, you know, with me saying I have faith and I believe in God, even though I, I do and I walk in my faith, it hasn't been easy, you know, but I had to believe in my faith and stand on God's word about his healing power. And that's what I really, that's what really has kept me going because I, you never once heard me say I have you hear me right. say, I was diagnosed with. Yes. And I've, or I've been diagnosed for uh, nearly 30 years because I yes. don't claim the, I don't claim those things, but I do follow mm-hmm. the necessary uh, protocol that I need to follow to continue living a happy life. And, you know, there, there was a time when I wasn't taking meds, but in the mid-90s, um, they came up with a antiretroviral 
viral, I can't really pronounce it, but it's called ART, <laughs> but an ANT, right. <laughs> ART, you know, with, with, which is a medication to help stop the virus from replicating, you know, throughout our bodies. And at one point, um, those of you who know about T cell counts and viral loads, uh, the viral right. load is how active the the virus is in your body, and your T cell count is how 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 well is your immune system. And I tell you, I I my immune system got down to seventy two, and the virus took over wow. my body over sixty thousand. And this happened wow. two or three times within my journey. And and my doctors look at me like, how are you still walking and breathing and still laughing and and cheering and dancing and all of this? Because of my faith, God has kept me strong. Now, I've had a lot of weak days. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just sharing that to say my my status changed from HIV to AIDS. And because when you get below 200, you're classified Mm -hmm. as having AIDS. Mm -hmm. And I was at a 72. Today, I'm undetectable. The viral load is below 20, and my T-cell count is 485. That's shock wow. news right there. Do you yeah. understand? <laughs> go, ahead, yeah. go ahead, Pastor Cooper. That's shouting, and then we'll go to Mr. Arthur. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm just, hey, listen, I'm not even sure who, we, who we're speaking with tonight. I just jumped on and just left a candidate's forum, and I already hey, love it and love the uh, testimony. And we need to hear those more often because you are encouraging somebody tonight. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Thank you all for having me as well. Well, well, briefly, just tell him two things about you: uh, the musical that you participated in, and and who you sang to uh, in 2011. Okay. You can tell him okay. those two things, and then we'll go to Mr. Arthur. Okay. Well, again, I am Verlinda Stanton. I'm a noted singer and actress. And I've toured all all over the country with different musicals, but one that really stole my heart was the Broadway musical, The Color Purple. I was a cast member in that tour production, and I played the role of um, Church Lady Darlene and Sugar Avery's understudy. And then I was invited to the White House in 2011 to sing for President Barack Obama. And I will say this one last thing, 2011 was a mighty powerful year for me because also in 2011, the community, the citizens and people of Tyler, Texas, East Texas, um, had presented me with a resolution um, of acknowledging February the 3rd, Verlinda Stanton Day, and that on mm-hmm. February the 4th, I was presented with the key to the city of Tyler, And then also on February the 16th, I was also presented with a proclamation acknowledging February the 16th, also Verlinda Stanton Day. And I don't say that lightly. I I say that with so much grace and thankfulness that, you know, the people saw what they saw in me. So God can move in miraculous ways, and he has done that throughout my journey. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And don't she's, forget amaz- the one she's last amazing. Thing. Don't forget the one last thing in 2011. September 20th, 2011, um, County Road I grew up on in Shady Grove off of Highway 14 and Interstate 20, County Road 310 was renamed Verlinda Lane East and West. That's right. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> so, and, and not only that, Pastor, not only that, Pastor Cooper, when she sang at the White House, 
Shirley McKellar was right there beside her. Right there mm-hmm. beside me, assisting me, helping me get to Washington, D.C. <laughs> no, she, she, basically, she basically carried me, chauffeured me to the White House. <laughs> and when I say yeah, that, I, I truly mean that. And we had an amazing, amazing time. We did. We Love absolutely it. did. Sure. Okay, Mr. Arthur, your time. Sure, you have a backup singer? <laughs> you, that's a good joke. Miss <laughs> Arthur always said a good joke. <laughs> no, see, yeah, you right. know you you always got to have a great woman by your side, you know, whether it, whether it's a mate or or, or or a friend. And God God places people around you that need to be around you. Great exemplary life. And, you know, but I'm going to ask you something. I saw uh, uh, a uh, article, uh, well, I saw it on YouTube, where this, where this lady had, she was, she was HIV, and so, she, and so she got into this relationship with this guy. And, you know, she said everything was cool, da 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 you know, and so forth. And then, you know, and then, they, and then they broke up. And then one day the police came to her door, right, to arrest mm-hmm. her because right. – he had filed charges on her because she gave him HIV. So what I'm so, so, so I like to say for other people that might be in that position that might uh, mm-hmm. have that what to make sure that because now she has to race as a as a, a sex offender and all that stuff. So what would you say to say to folks that might have that try to avoid that type of situation? Because it was a, it was a really sad. Yeah, I remember that. Well, well, just from what you're saying, you know, if she made him aware and and having the conversation is one one problem a lot of people have when once they're diagnosed is having that conversation with their soulmate. And um, if they had that conversation and he still chose to not be protected. And number one, that meant that person, she wasn't uh, quite fully aware of how HIV worked, how the spread of it worked. She may not have been educated, but she did share that with him, but they still chose not to be protective. And that is mm-hmm. one reason I'm having this expo upcoming in June, um, because we have to educate the people. And if you're not, if mm-hmm. we don't have a conversation about it, you'll never know. But no. they have something I'm not quite sure about what the cause is, but it should not be her fault if they both had the conversation. So she does probably have to go through the legal procedures Uh, of of proving that. But um, that's why when I I was diagnosed, I just halted everything. I halted everything because it was about me, getting my life together, figuring out what I needed to do because the doctors didn't know what to do. You know, I wasn't immediately put on medication. So everything was a trial basis. Every, they, they knew nothing. I knew nothing. You know, Mm. we, we always thought, well, okay, well, if you're undetectable, you don't have it anymore. That was the thought back then, you know, when they said, Oh, it's undetectable. So you don't have it anymore. Oh, magic Johnson don't have it anymore. You know, does he not have it anymore? Or that's just what you're saying because he's undetectable. And because I've been undetectable for several years now, but it was just a year ago. I've I've been undetectable, but my T cell count dropped down to 72. Mm. 
but and it, and it, so you know the body works and and God works. So um, just with that, we have to be careful as people who are diagnosed. We have to really be careful. We have to use the necessary precautions of safety if we're going to continue to to have intercourse with someone. We have to have the conversation, and if the other party don't don't want to use protection, then you need to find another partner. Because like you like you just shared with that situation, that situation can go both way, can go either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you know, and some people right. have lost their lives because of that. Not telling the other person they're infected, then the other person get infected, then that person go and kill that person. That's right. You know, that's right. so so we we just have to be careful. And I just want to make aware there are different awareness days, National AIDS Awareness Days that they have created. It's not just one day AIDS Awareness Day, World AIDS Day in December. We now have Black National Black HIV AIDS Awareness Day, which mm-hmm. is going to be February the seventh, and then February the twenty seventh is. Have having HIV is not a crime awareness day, and then in in March we have National Women and Girls, and then in April we have National Youth AIDS Awareness Day. So they, they every month is something, but we really have to focus on our youth because our youth are highly, highly the numbers are up there yes. with infection. Yes. And then before I go any further, I don't want to forget, uh, Dr. McKellar, um, the other gentleman asked me about the date. Now, I'm still clarifying, you know, getting getting the date worked out in June, so I don't have that information as of yet. But I will, you will have the date and time once we get the date and time. We will get that, the gentleman in Arkansas, we will get that information uh, to you. But but yes, we we just have, that's the whole purpose of having a health and wellness expo, because we're all, I am going to have a panel, and we're going to, of of doctors and counselors and people to talk about this stuff so we can understand it better. You all have conversations about COVID. We should be that easy to have a conversation about HIV and AIDS. Yeah, yeah. And and tell everybody uh, also since we're gonna we're gonna shift the conversation to political here pretty soon. You know probably better than than most how important would you say it is when you're looking for a candidate to vote for that it matters to them that we fully fund research for HIV and AIDS. We fully fund mm-hmm. health care, uh, mental health care that we fully fund education programs to have these conversations and educational experiences. It, wouldn't you say it's a pretty pretty high priority if somebody's asking you to vote for them, that they care about oh, this? Absolutely. I need to know where you are on health care. You know how, you know, every time when a president is out there and running their campaign, they go, oh, health care, health care. Well, where is the health care? We need health care. We, we need uh, financial support because, you know, mm-hmm. it's been a year with this organization and, and the money isn't coming in yet. So a lot of what I'm doing, I'm doing out of pocket and with the assistance of some other individuals. So we need the community support, but we also need to know that you sincerely, you know, want to help make a change and break the stigma, have the conversation. We want you to be there and know that you are there to help save lives because all of this is what, instead of black lives matter, all lives matter when it comes to HIV and mental health. It has no color. It has no race. It has no, no gender. Yes. 
So so it is very it's highly important that I know where you stand, are you willing? And I have asked a lot of people that I've uh, approached and told about my organization, have you ever had a conversation about AIDS? No, we, I haven't. See, that's the problem. We need to have yes. a conversation. And even yes. if you don't know much about it and you're running for an office, I want to know, are you willing to sit down with me and have a conversation, an open conversation about it so you can get to learn more about it? And then that's something you can help push different laws to get assistance because before this insurance different uh, programs came about, I was spending eighteen to $2,500 a month on medication. I bet. Mm. I bet. Do you understand? And everybody can't mm. afford that. That's right. I just so happened at that time I had a good job and had Blue Cross Blue Shield. <laughs> but I still <laughs> had to pay. But You know what I'm saying? But I still had to pay that out of pocket. Absolutely. Because they didn't know about it. You know, they were refusing to pay this and pay that. And now we have different uh-huh. HIV medication programs that oh, are assisting yeah. us with medication. Because even though I'm out doing what I'm doing, I may look like a million dollars, but guess what? I, I need some help, too. I'm out here trying to help right. others, but I need it, too. It's right. a struggle. <laughs> Darn near everything you've been through has been experimental. I mean, that can't be easy through it, with great insurance. And people yeah. just people have to know truly know mm-hmm. the struggle, so they know how much they need to know about this and, and support this. Because there are millions and millions and millions of Americans who are living with HIV. So everybody out there, whether you know it or not, you know somebody, love somebody, mm-hmm. are affected in some way, and your kids darn sure sure are because if they're not getting good education in schools because their teachers or school boards don't want to talk about anything icky or whatever the, mm-hmm. their excuse is, uh, that matters. Yeah. It matters. Yeah, it does. We we need love, too. That I'm going to say that. We need love, too. Absolutely. Because you feel well, you we have love to you. isolate yourself. So. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, yeah, and yeah. you said it. I, the isolation is just such a huge thing that people have to live, live with. So I'm mm-hmm. glad that you're focusing on mental health as well. Just such important yes. stuff I, you're doing. And I want to let you all know, I didn't share my status till three years ago. Two and a half yeah, years. Oh, wow. was, and matter I, that's what I wanted you to bring out, that all yes. of these years that you have carried this inside of yes. you. I've and, carried um, this. Yes, and so my, I'm, I'm going to quickly ask this question of you, and then we want you to stick around because we have our next United States Senator that's going to come on, and you may have some okay. questions for him uh, in regards mm-hmm. to funding and monies and stuff that was that needs to get out there for us to make sure that we educate all people on this. What was it that was going on in your life three years ago that caused you to want to share your experience with the world? Well, I was um, I had got cast to do a local play here in Dallas, and it was titled Soul Purpose. And the ministry of that production, it really hit me because that was during a time in my life when I was about to have a mental breakdown and wasn't aware of it. And the more, you know, and I played the role of a first lady and playing that role and just the message in that play, I would be in rehearsals and I would just start sobbing and this, this, that, and the other. And I just felt like I needed to just share it with someone. And I I then shared it with with one with one of the producers of the production, and from that point, 
after the production, she she approached me, which was um, Cheryl Plot Williamson, an author, and asked me to, you know, be a part of her book. But at that time, I wasn't ready because I just felt I, I felt I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to share with the world because I didn't want to hear nothing negative. I didn't want to hear anything negative because I've heard negative stuff around me about people with HIV AIDS, but the people didn't know that I was diagnosed. So I, I right. would hear the conversation, so I didn't ever want to share it. And then the more I talked with her about it, and then, you know, um, we talked again about it for her next book, and, you know, and I said, well, you know, God, I, I surrender unto you, whatever your will is. Because throughout the years upcoming to that point in 2021, it was actually 2020 when I agreed to do it, but the book was released in 2021, um, I said, I know what my purpose is. And I always knew what my purpose was, but I was really afraid to step out on that faith. Sure. I, because I, I didn't want to hear the negative. But when I finally stepped out and agreed to, to do the book, and I'm like, I'm not a writer. I don't know how to write. But, but I did. God gave it to me. And, and right. God told me what to speak about and told me how much to share, how much not to share. Just give them a taste of it. Let them know. And my chapter title was tit- is titled Being Kept by Faith While Beating the Odds. And I and I touched on how I've gone through molestation, being raped, going through domestic violence, going through anxiety, and then being diagnosed with HIV. Now, that's a lot yeah. for one person to go through. So I felt like, you know, I was going to burst. Only my immediate family really knew and uh, about my diagnosis. So it was never, you know, public. It was just private amongst those who were close to me. And it, you know, it was like I needed to release because I was getting sick and sick and sick. You know, when you keep things bottled up in you, then you start internally becoming ill. Exactly. And that's, and that's what was happening to me. Right. And let me just tell you this, Belinda, Miss Belinda, and everybody that's listening, Miss Belinda Stanton is beautiful. She's an amazing young lady. Yes. And every time I hear her speak, I, I'm so encouraged because I know that we are going to get the message out to the people. And Miss Rihanna has already given us statistics on how many people that look like me, black women, and that looks like Miss Belinda, black woman, how many in this country who have been diagnosed and have lost their lives for AIDS. So we appreciate the work that you're doing. And I stand with you. And I know that the members of this uh, show stands with you in any ways that we can help you to get that message and the awareness out there to the community. We're right there with you to help to make sure that that happens. And I'm going to ask you to stick around. Don't leave if you can, because I want to go ahead and have a segue over into our next guest, who is an amazing Mm -hmm. gentleman out here in the great state of Texas. And we want to send him up to Washington, D.C. to continue the work that he's doing. And that's Representative Carl Sherman, who is a representative for the great state of Texas and who also is running for United States Senate uh, for Texas. And it is time for us to have someone that looks like me, that looks like Mr. Arthur, that looks like uh, Dr. Dr. Carr, that looks like uh, Pastor Cooper, to run on up to Texas, uh, run from Texas 
on up to Washington, D.C. to represent us and represent us well. Representative Carl Sherman, welcome to Marvelous Monday. It's great to have you on the show tonight. Please press one, sir, so I can open your line. Press one and then say hello to it. Thank you. Your line is open. Go ahead, Representative. Thank you so much, Dr. McKellar, Dr. Shirley McKellar, Councilwoman McKellar. I'm so excited about being on with you today. You're my sister, and uh, I really, really appreciate the subject matter uh, that has been discussed uh, thus far. Uh, It's been very uh, insightful, and I I believe that, uh, you know, this is what we need more of, certainly, so that our community uh, can be made better. And when I say our community, our community of mankind. Look, I'm running for the U.S. Senate, and I, I know you know that, Dr. McKellar. Uh, but your listeners may not know that. Yes, right. Well, first, I, I want this is what I'd like to, for you to like to do, and that is to make you aware of all of our co-hosts that are parts of this show. Uh, we have Miss Rihanna, who is out in Kentucky, but she originated from Texas, a Dallas metropolitan area, but she lives in Kentucky now. And so uh, she is one of our hosts of the show. And then we have Mr. Arthur Flemings, who you should know out of uh, Dallas, Texas, and he's one of our hosts for the show on Monday nights. And then we have Pastor Michael Cooper. Yes, you know him, too, out of Beaumont, Texas, and uh, he is one of the hosts for the show. And then we have Dr. Odell Carr out of El Dorado, uh, Arkansas, who is one of our hosts. And we have some amazing and smart people on this show on Monday nights, and we have all kinds of subjects. So we want you to tell us a little bit about yourself, which we, we, we know, but we want those listeners who may not know a little bit about you for you to tell about. And then we're going to have some questions that we want to ask of you. And welcome, welcome, welcome. It's exciting to have you. We had you in East Texas this past week, and it was outstanding. The people just was all over Representative Carl Sherman, everywhere we went. People want him in this office. And so he's out there with boots on the ground, making sure that people across the great state of Texas knows exactly who he is and the work that he's doing. They know who he is. He just needs to make sure that they know the work that he's already done and the work that he plans to do for us when he goes to Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Look, I am Carl Sherman, and, uh, you know, I've been identified by my works as a fighter for social justice. I am uh, married to Michelle Sherman. We've been married for over 36 years. Uh, She's the love of my life, my best friend, and uh, we have five children. They are all grown. Uh, Four are married. Those four that are married have uh, given us eight grandchildren, and so God has been good to us, and uh, we just have been blessed beyond, or I have, I can say, beyond what I deserve. I started uh, my political involvement uh, civically. I uh, began uh, coaching Little League football uh, on the PTA board. I was one of only two males on the PTA board, uh, Chamber of Commerce, Chamber of Commerce Chair, Rotary Club, Rotary Club uh, President, Chairman of the Best Southwest Board, 
in all these positions, God has uh, made it so that I was the first African-American in any of those positions. I went on to run for city council. I don't really like politics, and like it's not strong enough, really. Uh, I don't dis, uh, dislike it's not strong enough. I hate politics, but I love people. I love the Lord, and I love crafting policy that helps everyday people. Uh, for me, it's about creating policy, whether it be ordinances or legislation, as I serve in the Texas House of Representatives. I love to shape policy that comports to humanity, that, that helps people, that that speaks to the lives of people who are not allowed into the room or a seat at the table. So that's what I've done as the first African-American mayor elected in the city of DeSoto when the city was still majority white. We became the first first city in the nation to equip all of our police officers with body cams. This was 2011-2012 fiscal year. We did this the first city in the nation way before Michael Brown, young man, 18 year old, years old, that was killed by Missouri, Ferguson, Missouri police. And I've always been focused on how we can prevent things from happening like that. And I went on to the legislature where I currently serve in the Texas House and we passed meaningful legislation despite my first term having two bills vetoed by the governor, which is really unheard of. Uh, there is a gentleman's agreement that when you are a freshman, uh, that they really don't do that to you. But uh, I didn't have just one bill vetoed. I had two bills vetoed. But we still got meaningful legislation passed, including Bo's Law, named after Botham John, the 26-year-old accountant, African-American male, who was eating ice cream in his own apartment when an off-duty Dallas police officer entered, shot, and killed him. That young man had a promising future. He was slated to be the prime minister of his country. His mother currently serves as a senator for his country. And, uh, you know, now, because we were able to pass uh, meaningful legislation and police reform, now every Texas law officer who has a body cam must activate their body cam upon investigation, and they cannot turn it off until the investigation is over. This is important to create systemic accountability in policing. This is important to create safer outcomes for good citizens. My youngest son is a police officer, and I believe in this to help good police officers to ensure that they keep their jobs, but also to ensure that we protect good citizens from harm from abusive police officers. Most police officers, I believe, are good, but there is, there are officers who are not, and there is a culture that we have to uh, rid ourselves of, of individuals who 
are able to hide uh, among good officers. So uh, that has been, you know, a part of my career. I've served as a city manager as well, and, uh, you know, in Ellis County as well as Dallas County. In fact, uh, Councilwoman McKellar, uh, there Mm -hmm. was one year in which I served as city manager of one city in Ellis County while at the same time serving as mayor of another city. Uh, and the Dallas Morning News followed me. Uh, and, you know, uh, God has a way of sustaining us. Uh, during that time period, I was pastoring two churches, uh, and I pastored two churches for six years, one all white and the other predominantly African-American. And the other uh, wouldn't have been all white. I was preaching five sermons a Sunday and two on Wednesday, and Michelle was not going to go to five different services. So uh, that's the reason the other church was all white. (laughs) Well, Representative, that is unheard of to serve as a city manager in one city and a mayor in another city at the very same time. So that tells me you are an amazing gentleman. And then... Uh, being the uh, elder of a pastor of a, a church, two churches, uh, to be exact. Uh, let me tell you what, your boots are on the ground, and we can, we can never say that you're not working for the greater good of mankind, and we appreciate uh, everything that you've done. So tell us quickly what um, what what did you see going on that, that you thought, okay, I, I don't like what's happening in uh, our state. Uh, in, in Washington, D.C., for the persons that are running for or that are holding the seat, I should say, uh, as senator, what was it that you saw that one day you said, look, I'm just going to have to go ahead and run for this seat simply because it's just not happening with the two people that we have representing the state of Texas? What was going on with you at that time? <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I had been asked, Uh, to consider running uh, as far back as 2019. And I prayed about it, meditated on it. I was asked uh, by some elected officials in the Texas House if I would consider it. They noted that when I would get up and speak and address the Texas House uh, on the floor, not only Democrats would listen, but uh, Republicans would listen. I don't talk a lot, but, you know, you wouldn't know it from my uh, campaigning vigorously. Uh, I have to talk in order for people uh, to hear what I've got to say. But they noted that uh, the people would listen, and and, uh, that's God's favor, I know. And so... I continue to pray about it, and I've talked to individuals that uh, had an interest in me running to and talked to Beto and uh, his wife, Amy, about the possibilities. We spent a three-hour dinner talking about the possibilities. Talked to Republicans as well, Republican mayors, uh, and also circled back to my wife and kids, uh, and they were all supportive. Met with several ministers, preachers, 
uh, in the Dallas area, and uh, I asked them if they would do seven things, and uh, they said yes to all seven. And if you know me, <laughs> you know that uh, you know sometimes I can have the Gideon spirit, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's almost like Lord make the police wet and the ground dry and then reverse it and then reverse it and reverse it. Uh, And so I went back to the ministers and I asked them, these were pastors and preachers, if I added one more thing, if they would be willing to do. And they all said yes. And that one more thing was really hard. Uh, And they, they all agreed unanimously to do that. And so that was further pushing me in the direction of announcing my candidacy. So Michelle and I, uh, we decided to just spend some more time praying about it. And, and yeah, she she knew, she felt that God was calling me to do it before I did. And uh, I'm on board. I'm, I'm totally on board. Every time I've run, uh, it has been because I believe God is leading me to do it. And I trust him. I may not have all the money. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the people, the the big names uh, supporting me and the establishment. But I got God. And if God be for you, I read somewhere, (laughs) who can be against Nobody. There you go. And listen, I I appreciate that that comment. I appreciate all the things that you're saying. And I really like the fact that you spoke with not just Dems, where you you're on the Democratic ticket, but you spoke with Republicans as well. Because when you hold this seat, you have to represent every single person. Doesn't matter whether they are members of the two party system or whether they're members of no party system. We represent everybody. Uh, when you're elected official. So I, I really appreciate what you have to say in regards to that. Uh, and it looks like that every step of the way, you have not lost any of the seats that you've run for, uh, which that not so many people can say that record. And so apparently there's something that our community and our country sees in you and wants you to go on up to the next level and, and, and represent us. And then, of course, uh, we can we can look at uh, Georgia and how they uh, elected a, a, a pastor down there uh, by the name of uh, Raphael Warnock, right? So if if they can do it in Georgia, uh, can we do it in Texas? That's right. This is not a hypothesis. <laughs> this is not a theory. Uh, and That's you're right. exactly right, Pastor Warnock, uh, Senator Warnock, has uh, demonstrated Georgia has demonstrated that the people want uh, someone who is driven by faith and principles, someone who understands that God is a God of autonomy. Uh, God has entrusted each of us with inalienable rights uh, to govern ourselves in such a way that we are free moral agents. And just as Joshua said in Joshua 24, 15, as for me and my house, we will Mm -hmm. serve the Lord choose you this day whom you will serve. We've got to do it by example, not by compulsion. That's beautiful. So we're going to start with uh, 
one of our hosts, and that's uh, Dr. Odell Carr, who is out of, uh, as I mentioned, El Dorado, Arkansas, who actually is going to run for a seat on the state house uh, where you're going to leave from. So uh, go ahead, Dr. Carr, and you can let uh, uh, our, our future senator know exactly uh, which uh, division that you're coming from, which district, and whatever questions that you may have of him or comments. Thank, thank you, uh, Representative Sherman, uh, Pastor Sherman. This is Dr. Odell Carr, South Arkansas, El Dorado. I am the uh, Democratic uh, candidate for uh, my district, which is district number 97 in our city. Uh, I am uh, unopposed in the primary. Uh, I'll go to the November general election, and uh, I'm moving forward uh, on a campaign uh, that has three planks, as I can foresee at this hour, and that is what, well, of course, you all know all over the country that the elephant in the big elephant that's pink in the room in Arkansas is the Arkansas Learns Act. Uh, one of the planks on my platform will be uh, education as a pastor, as a father, grandfather, and as an author of a book recently published in 2022, uh, I am on a quest to ensure that not only uh, all people uh, are made aware of what has happened in this world from 4000 B.C. until today, but especially people who look like me. My book uh, is entitled Resurrecting the Black Man. I wrote it so because I came to realize how little we know about our past. And, of course, if we are unaware of where we have been, what we have been, uh, what we are, and what we can be might be somewhat impacted or erased. So I'm I'm using the idea that uh, true education, uh, not indoctrination, uh, George Washington, I cannot tell a lie, Columbus discovers America, that's been our indoctrination. I'm more interested in all people being aware of what our true education is, and that is what is true, what is factual about what has taken place in America since America's inception and also since the arrival of people from the African continent to what is called the New World. My second plank uh, is uh, mental health. I'm working closely with Dr. Hackney, who is one of the uh, co-hosts on our program, who has provided me insight and references uh, contacts with people in our area who can help to uh, put a light on the subject. The One of the persons on here with us now, a world-famous uh, actress and singer, uh, Mrs. Uh, what's what's Belinda, the last name? Belinda, the first name Belinda is Melinda. Well, she, she, really, she really warmed my heart. When she started talking, <laughs> I ran into the kitchen to get my wife, and she's sitting here with me now listening in on the program because what we heard was full of power. And part of the issue that she is uh, uh, platforming around is uh, physical uh, mental health. So that's part of my uh, campaign as well. And then third uh, and finally, uh, you know, everyone needs a decent wage. Everyone needs a decent raise. Everyone needs a decent workplace. Everyone needs decent benefits because I live in a city where less than uh, five blocks from me, there are people living under bridges and overpasses uh, in my area. So I feel like uh, these are citizens. These are human beings. These are someone's 
uh, sons and daughters, and they are living in these decrepit conditions. And so on November 14th, I decided after having been called by the person who ran for governor of Arkansas on November 14th, I decided to enter the race. And uh, it's been a thrilling journey thus far, learning so much every day, and so glad to be meeting you because I believe now, preacher to preacher, that you'll be in some sense able to help me to develop, you know, uh, my platform and my campaign going forward. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to connect with each other's uh, phone numbers and email addresses so that you can help me to reach uh, my goal, which is to become the Arkansas House of Representatives person for District 97. I believe that it can happen. I believe that it will happen. And, again, as you believe in God, I believe so strongly in him that I have to talk a whole lot about him because he is what moves me. So I'm grateful to have you uh, in this conversation, and I look forward to talking with you uh, further about my particular campaign and candidacy. Thank you again. Thank you, Dr. Carr. And and what we're going to do is if, if, uh, if in fact, um, Representative, you would jot down some notes that, that you want to say in regards to the comments, and we're going to move on over to all the rest of our hosts, and then we're going to come back and let, allow you to have your final say-so and answer and respond to any questions or comments that they may say. We'll go to next. We'll go to uh, Miss Rihanna. Then we're going to go to Mr. Arthur, then Pastor Cooper, and then uh, if Miss Belinda have, and then if we can keep it kind of brief because we have probably about 19 minutes left. So uh, go ahead, Ms. Rihanna, if you have some comments or a question that you want to, the representative to give. I do. Can we go to Mr. Arthur first? It's going to take me five minutes to put this baby down, and then I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, no worries. Mr. Arthur, comments or, or, or questions from you? Yeah. First of all, how are you doing, Ms. Sherman? I'm doing well. Okay, okay, that's fine. Hey, uh, no, what I want to ask you is about the current political climate, not not just in Texas, but in America. As you know, we're living through a fascist moment in America, a fascist moment. Uh, but for some reason, it seems that the politics in Texas, they don't want to acknowledge that particular fact. And so I just want to know, uh, uh, you know, going forward as a you know, student campaign, uh, uh, will that be a part of your campaign to educate the community of the current political climate? I mean, even back, I mean, Mr. Biden has, has uh, you know, called him fascist and, you know, so forth and so on. And so I'm saying that uh, is your campaign going to educate the community on the current political environment and the need to come out and vote to, uh, you know, create another reality? Are you going to, you know, what are you going to do in that area? Go to that representative, and then we're going to go to Pastor Cooper and uh, see what uh, what he has to say. And if you make these notes, and then we're going to give you that final say-so over whatever it is that you want to say in regards to our questions or comments. Uh, Pastor Cooper. Thank you. Uh, Representative and Pastor, it is great to hear your voice yet again. And I heard it on the campaign trail when you were representing uh, Brother Lee. Uh, so, again, hats off to you. Godspeed. Question. Um, what are you doing currently to deal with the governor as he recklessly utilized the manpower of the Texas State um, Border Patrol? And what can you do once you become a United States Senator uh, to deal with that? Because now we're crossing over from the state to the federal government. 
Yes. Good question. <laughs> Excellent question. Ms. Valinda, do you have any comments or anything that you would like to ask of the representative? And representative, this is Ms. Valinda Stanton, uh, one of our renowned persons. Unfortunately, she lives in Dallas and was not in East Texas, Tyler, she, even though she comes in and out all the time. She was born and bred in Tyler, Texas, but have traveled the world. She's an uh, actress and a, a singer, and she sang in the, um, as well as she sang at the President Obama's Christmas party in uh, White House party in 2011. Ms. Linda, you have a, a question or a comment for representative? Um, well, everything that I have heard thus far, you know, I, I'm really excited for each of you who are, you know, stepping out on faith and uh, running for office in your areas. And I'm wanting to know, are you all willing, I spoke to, I think one of you had already said earlier, but are you all willing to have a conversation or how how much are you willing to have a conversation about HIV AIDS and mental health? Are you open okay, so, to that? Good, very good. So Representative, I don't think Ms. Rihanna is back yet. She hasn't given me a clue. Ms. Rihanna, if you're not, are you there, Ms. Rihanna? Yes, ma'am. Yes, I am. Okay, go, go ahead with your question, and then we, uh, we're going to give uh, Representative all the final uh, time for, uh, for him to talk. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, welcome, Representative. And I, I loved everything you said. I felt everything you said. And I felt that it, it came from you from a, such a genuine place. And so I can see why you said, I don't like politics. I hate politics. You're not a politician. It just comes from a genuine place. And I heard you talking about, it stuck out when you talked about autonomy. And I have to ask this question. It's friendly fire, but you're going to get lots of tough questions out there. How do you reconcile the idea of autonomy and freedom with your vote with the Republicans on the banning of sexually explicit materials to be um, accessed by uh, students in libraries? Okay. It's, all your, it's all yours, Representative. You got it all the way to the end of the show. <laughs> Go right ahead. Okay, well, first of all, thank you uh, so much for your very thoughtful questions. And thank you for this forum, uh, Dr. McKellar, because, and, and to all of you who are uh, co-hosts uh, of this forum, because we need this. Uh, if we're going to be uh, thoughtful in our deliberation of shaping policy, we need for a venue where people can actually discuss these things and, and, and be asked questions where we can, we can talk about it. So <clears throat> I want to, uh, first of all, say I'm driving, <laughs> and, and so I'm going to do my <laughs> utmost uh, to remember the questions. Please forgive me if I get something wrong or uh, I forget a name. I'm going to start with Pastor Cooper. It's so good to hear your voice. Uh, you are a inspiration, uh, meeting you and your family on the campaign trail. Uh, I loved uh, seeing you and how you fought so hard uh, to give us a representative in the governor's office uh, that would be concerned about people in, in the rural communities as well as urban and suburban communities. As it relates to the issue uh, of the governor uh, overstepping his 
constitutional authority uh, by uh, trying to take control of the border. Uh, it is uh, illegal, and uh, I will not support that. Now, one of the reasons that I'm running in many ways is to bring humanity and sanity to governance. That is not humane to have our state troopers put in a position where they are stopping Border Patrol from being able to help and save a mother and her two children drown in front of them. That's not, that's not decent. That's not humane. And it certainly goes against the principle of saying that you believe in life. Because that was a mother and her two children who Border Patrol wanted to do their job but were prevented from doing their job because of the threat of our state, which is not a nation. But this is a can. I've gone down to the border to Evil Pass, and I've seen, uh, you know, what, what is happening there with uh, the conflict of interest uh, that we have uh, in trying to do the federal government's job. To me, uh, this is a this hemispheric displacement crisis because people are coming in through the southern border because of oppression and because of the rising threat of what the gentleman said earlier of authoritarianism that is spreading across the globe. And if the economists are right in their predictions, uh, we will have a world that will have almost 5% of the world being under democracy. So the rest of the world would be taken over by dictatorship, strongmen, uh, figures, uh, and, and we've got to protect our borders, but we've got to be humane. And that's perhaps the reason uh, my approach to this and understanding the infrastructure challenges as a former city manager, knowing that Eagle Pass is a city of approximately 30,000 people. That county is about 70,000 people. Uh, the city neighboring it, its sister city, is over a million people in Mexico right there. We have to be smart and update our immigration systems, technologically speaking, and we've got to control the path to immigration and the infrastructure channels in which we can do that. We can do that. That's, but you have to have the will, and you cannot make this about politics, and that's certainly what's happening even as uh, the former president tries to stave off uh, Congress from passing comprehensive immigration uh, reform. Right. As so I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you a little bit, uh, Representative. So the other was uh, on fascism and then HIV funding and the library. Those are the other other three. And, and what was the last thing you said? And the library, the, uh, banning books in the library, fascism. Okay. And you covered the border patrol and then HIV, AIDS, and funding and making people more aware about getting more funding out into the community from the federal side. Go ahead. Okay. So 
on the HIV uh, issue, uh, that's something that first step uh, to me is that we do uh, the right thing in expanding Medicaid. Uh, we are now sending $10 billion every year. We've now sent accumulatively over $100 billion back to the federal government of hardworking Texans' taxes because this governor refuses uh, to expand Medicaid, which has now caused uh, our hospital care systems, uh, many of them to go under, especially in the rural areas, uh, where we have collectively annually about $27 billion in uncompensated hospital care. Uh, This is unsustainable. Uh, Many Republican-led states have already passed this legislation uh, to in, or have passed expanding Medicaid to ensure that people get the health care that they need. Because uh, if your uh, diagnosis is uh, HIV or cancer, if we are not ensuring our citizens have the health care that they need, we're failing them. And this, these are funds that uh, our citizens have already paid into. And so uh, not only would I be an advocate for Uh, these issues, and there are many, and I'll tell you uh, in my many visits to President Obama during his uh, tenure when I was a U.S. uh, member of the U.S. Conference of Mayors, uh, President Obama uh, would say, you know, we have a problem of select compassion. Uh, So we have a problem of select compassion. What he he meant by that is is if, if it doesn't affect you, or your family, then you don't seem to have any compassion for it. Uh-huh. We have so many uh, challenges that we need to address and have uh, a equal approach to all of those things. As it relates to fascism, uh, that's something that I've been talking about on the campaign. It's dangerous. Uh, we have to make sure that we do more to protect our democracy, and that's the reason, as a Democrat, I stood up. Uh, among our caucus members and said that uh, that we should, uh, it was my idea that we go to D.C. to flee the state with a whip on the floor for the first time we left. Uh, if you recall, in 2021, when Republicans were uh, trying to take away souls to the polls, uh, yeah. the ability to vote, they were trying to limit the time uh, that we could do that, and uh, I I was a whip on the floor, and I uh, made sure that some of our Democrats got out. Other whips did their jobs. We met over at 13th Street, no greater greater no great Mount. I'm sorry, Mount Zion Baptist Church. We met over there. Uh, you may have seen this on the news. It was on CNN. Yeah. I led I led our delegation in prayer uh, before yeah. we started our press conference and. And, and so it was my push that we would go to the citadel of our democracy and implore Congress in D.C. to pass universal voting protection uh, because all there were several states that were under attack in stripping our voter voting rights. So we have to do that. We have to rid ourselves of the sin of gerrymandering uh, where elected officials are choosing who their voters are as opposed to the other way around. As it relates to... HB 900, which is a uh, bill uh, related to 
books or literature. Uh, there has been a lot of misinformation out there about this legislation. And I'll tell you, uh, the bill uh, may have started off as a uh, book-banning uh, piece of legislation, but there was no legislation passed in the state of Texas. Now, in Florida, it was. What we had in HB 900 was a bill uh, that established ratings for, uh, for literature, for books. Not unlike what we currently have and have had since 1968 with the movie industry. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's a good idea that the movie industry has different ratings for the movies. Because I don't want my grandson to go into a rated R movie. He's four years old. I don't want my granddaughter, who's three years old, to go into a rated X movie or even a PG-13 movie. What HB 900 did after work on it by the Democratic Party was to simply establish ratings for the book industry. Now, the Fifth Circuit Court knocked that legislation down as unconstitutional. Unfortunately, what that tells me is that our society has changed in that the movie industry, if they had tried to do that today, that perhaps would have been knocked down as unconstitutional, and people and their children, families might walk into a movie theater thinking they're going to watch a movie that's appropriate for their kids to be in, and it's not. And so uh, there were 12 other Democrats or 12 Democrats who voted in support of this bill uh, because we do feel that parents should be able, just as I know uh, you've got a baby uh, or a toddler, uh, that uh, it sounds like you may have just put her to bed. Uh, him, uh, yes. You, yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and I know that there are you protect her. Isn't it her? Him. I've, Him. Got, I've got girls, but he's yeah. a boy. <laughs> he's a boy. Okay. I'm sorry. You. you I'm okay. sure you protect him from seeing certain things because you know mm-hmm. you can't unsee it. And there are a lot of adults who have seen things as children that were not appropriate for them, and now because what they saw when they were young. It has affected their lives. So uh, the book rating system was simply to give parents uh, the awareness that, you know, this book is rated this. Now, it is up to the parents and the school district to determine whether or not they would want those books in their library. But it is not to stop uh, if, if they've got books that are considered, you know, more adult-oriented, uh, and they have them in their library, uh, it's up to the parent then to give their, their child permission to access that book. Uh, this is one of the things I don't like about politics. One of the other, There are several things I don't like about politics. The author of this bill is somebody, somebody I don't agree with on most everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Patterson, Jarrett Patterson. But his bill, see, 
I, I read the bills, and if I can't read them, I have my legislative director or my chief of staff or my district director to read them or interns to read the bills. I want to understand the bills because not everything that is authored by someone that I don't agree with most of the time is going to be wrong. Heck, even a broke clock is right twice a day, right? So I know that I have had the same thing uh, toward me from Republicans who just won't support uh, my bill because I'm a Democrat, and they never read the bill. They just go on what you know some advocacy group has said about the bill that's on their extreme side. Right. Well, Representative, I'm question? so sorry. Yeah, yes. yes, I'm thank so you. sorry, thank Maddie, you for the clarification it's, it's, as well. Yes, it's 10 o'clock tonight, and it's time for us to end. But we, as a matter of fact, from that HBO 900 in our library here in Tyler, Texas, our Tyler Public Library, we adopted that rating. And so some of the books, some of the X-rated books that were in the hands and where the uh, young folk, uh, young teenagers and preteens could get a hold of those books, we have now moved them to the adult section. And so, yes, if the parents want their children to see them, then they have to, the parents have to remove them from the adult section and take them home, but the children are now no longer able to get all of those X-rated books that used to be uh, in any parts of the library, which is now in the adult section. So uh, so thank you for that rating, and, and uh, thank you for the great work that, that you have done. I, I believe, this is my feeling, that it should be up to the parents to teach their students uh, early sex education. And, yeah, if we have it in public schools, I don't have a problem with that as well, as long as that the parents have given approval for what is actually being taught in those. And, and, and I can remember growing up, we were taught, uh, and we learned it at home first, but we were taught about ministration and all those things that young girls have to endure as they grow into uh, preteen and teenage years. So uh, thank you. For, we, we look forward to your coming back at any given time to spend this time with us. It's been amazing to have you on. And so next time, uh, maybe you won't be on a Zoom where you can come in and join us a little early on, and then we can have you for an hour, and then we can have a dialogue back and forth on more questions. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And thank now you we're going for to turn providing it- the forum. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And we're going to turn it over to Ms. Rihanna and end our show for tonight. We, as always, uh, appreciate all of our special guests, Ms. Melinda Stanton. You can come and join us at any time. And Representative Carl Oscar Sherman, running for United States Senator for the great state of Texas. Thank you. May God bless you. And we'll see you on next week. And now we turn it over to you, Ms. Rihanna. Bye for now. Good night, all. Good night. One day, when the glory comes, it will be ours, it will be ours. Oh, one day, when the war is won, we will be No man, no weapon.
formed against Yes, glory is destined Everyday women and men become legends Sins that go against our skin become blessings The movement is a rhythm to us Freedom is like religion to us Justice is juxtaposition in us Justice for all just ain't specific enough One son died, his spirit is revisiting us True and living, living in us Resistance is us That's why Rosa sat on the bus That's why we walked through Ferguson with our hands up When it goes down, we woman and man up They say stay down and we stand up Shots, we on the ground, the camera panned up King pointed to the mountaintop and we ran up One day when the glory comes It will be out, it will be When the war is won, we will be sure, we will be sure, oh, no. Glory, glory, oh. Every man, woman, and child Even Jesus got his crown in front of a crowd They march with the torch, we gon' run with it now Never look back, we done gone hundreds of miles From dark roads, heroes, to become a hero Facing the league of justice, his power was the people Enemy is lethal, a king became regal Saw the face of Jim Crow under a bald ego The biggest weapon it's to stay peaceful, we sing Our music is the cuts that we bleed through Somewhere in the dream we had an epiphany Now we right the wrongs in history No one can win the war individually It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy Welcome to the story we call victory The coming of the Lord, my eyes have seen the glory One day when the glory comes It will be Good night. We'll see you next week. Bye for now.
Good night.